Well, it's not like that all the time. Because sometimes we stay out late. <laughs> What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. It's your boy, Ricky, a.k.a. Dick Chuck, a.k.a. the man behind the can at Seltzer Time Official. Here's always with my conversation accomplice, the man with the hunch about Worcester, Travis. What's cracking, Fizzle Fiends? Glad to be back. Glad you're with us. It has been a hell of a long time since we've done this. Two whole weeks. It's been a minute. Yeah, so thanks for coming back. Uh, you know, welcome to another episode of the Seltzer Time Podcast. Get a little closer. Yeah. <laughs> Today we have Dave Peterson from the Bravehearts. But before we get there, we got to do this. Hey, Ricky, how was your couple weeks off? Uh, my couple weeks off were great. They were good. I uh, what did I do? I worked a bunch. Saw the Menzingers. Yeah, it seemed like a good show last night. It was. Everybody was there. It was great. Che rolled out. Che was there. I saw Tom C was down there. Yeah, dude. Anna, Naomi. Big crew. Kevin Law, Bree, everybody. It's good show. They, 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 did they, they play all the hits? One of my favorite bands ever. So, yeah, it was awesome. Sold out. Super hot. Sweaty. Gross. We don't even like go up front now because like we're all old. <laughs> so literally, all of us were like way towards the back. There's like one fan. You could actually, if I did get lost upstairs, I could find everybody I was with because we were directly under the one fan that was upstairs. Smart. It was. Was it boiling? Veteran move. Yes, very much. It was very. Because like when I was on the floor for the Have Heart show, they had some air conditioning getting pumped in that I'd never felt before. Some like mega wind. It was only if you were down on the floor, maybe I don't know, fifty feet back from the stage, there was a pocket. Yeah. Of just very cold air, and that's where all the sweaty fat guys were fighting over, trying to like find their way to that spot. It's the way to be. Yeah, no, I was upstairs. Or the show last night was upstairs. Oh, it's upstairs. Gotcha. State dives? They have Uh, the barrier? Yeah, yeah. No, no barrier. A lot of kids crowd surfing, landing on the stage. That's a punk show, man. It was. Who else played the Lindsagers? Sidekicks. Okay. Really good band. Never heard of them until last night. They were awesome. And uh, I don't remember the first band, but they, it was like something jeans. I don't know. Not Mom Jeans, but it was like some other <laughs> jeans band. It's a great um, name for a band, Mom Jeans. It is a band. I don't know what they sound like either, but I see them on like posters and stuff. But uh, the first band covered, they did like a really slowed down version of Teenage Dirtbag, the Beatus song. Really? Yeah, it was awesome. Okay. Sounds interesting. How was your week? Oh, pretty Weeks. good. I had, so I had some time off down in the Cape with Sarah's family. That was lovely. Uh, I got to hang out with her Aunt Patty and Uncle Rich. That was good times. I found this freaking robot that makes uh, milkshakes. So there was a gas station right down the street from the house we were staying in. And I would walk down there every night and go down and I would say, I told Sarah, I got to go visit my friend. It's a for real, F apostrophe real or something like that. The way it works is it has a fridge. You pull your flavor out and it comes in like a pre portion cup. You rip the top off, you put it in this little holster thing, and there's a screen that says, start my milkshake. You could say thin, regular, or thick milkshake. Okay. And then uh, it just puts it up, and all of a sudden, five to 10 minutes later, you have yourself a milkshake right here. All right. Oh, yeah. Little wiener hat. Yeah, there we go. We're gonna take photos. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. It was getting too hot. I, like, having the hat on backwards is always super hot. Yeah, and Dave set us up with some killer wiener hats. Yeah, shout out Coney Island. Uh, 
they did win the, the true jersey winner championship. of the jersey championship. So sorry, table talk. Sorry, I Caitlin. still see those Probably. photos of you and Shay wearing the jersey <laughs> in New York City coming yeah. across my feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was so or the costume rather. Yeah, yeah, he actually put that on. It was so hot, disgusting. I was like, I'll you, buddy. I'll wear the jersey. So yeah, I've been doing that and I'm just getting ready for powwow. We're 18 days away from the day of this recording, so Slow clap. Slow clap. Slow clap. Yeah. Should be fun. Home stretch. It is going to be really interesting. Uh, we announced that we're in Great Brook Valley this year, which is uh, huge in my that's, opinion. That's super cool. We have an opportunity to bring some art to an area that really could use it, and we could also use some attention. Basically bring some kids from downtown up to the north side yeah. and show them how they party. So it's going to be good. Excited. August 16th to the 23rd. Yeah. So, I'll actually be gone for some of that. What? Yeah, I know. I forgot. What? Yeah, we're going to New York. For, it's only we're gone for two days. <laughs> I so I didn't realize it until literally last night we were talking about going to New York, and uh, we're going to see Hamilton. Okay. It's like super exciting. I don't know a whole lot about it, Nami. It's. Did you get your tickets like a year ago? I got them five months ago. Yeah. And we had to get like a Wednesday night showing because it was wildly expensive trying to do any other night of the week. Um, but it's nice. So we're going to get on for Wednesday and Thursday. We'll come back, uh, like Friday morning-ish afternoon. Oh, so you're like right in the heart of it. Yeah. So, but we'll, I mean, we'll only miss two days. We'll be back. We're going to leave Wednesday morning and we're going to get back Friday morning. So we'll miss Wednesday, Thursday, which normally I'd be working. So I wouldn't go see anything anyway. That's fair. That's fair. So, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll miss you. The city will miss you, Ricky. I'll miss you as well. I'll be back. Awesome. So I'm sure you've heard by now, but there's totally background noise. But instead of Technicopia, <laughs> we are coming to you for the first time live. <laughs> Is this Braveheart Stadium, Dave? Like, what's, what's the proper? Oh, yeah. We are in the luxury suites <laughs> of Hanover Insurance Park at Fitton Field. Hanover yeah. Insurance Park. Oh, I can, I can literally see it on the board over here. Right next to the uh, entryway to I-290. Yeah. As Dave put it before we started the recording, it's the uh, dulcet tones of uh, I-290. Oh, it's lovely. Yes, it is. You can hear this from my house and my wife when I talk, and it sounds like a car ocean, because after a while, (laughs) it kind of just like blurs in the background. You don't really think about it. Yeah. Until you get the semi coming by. So where I live is, I live like almost in the direct middle of Shrewsbury Street, like from Shrewsbury or like the rotary area. So it's super, super loud on my street, always. I'm so used to it, I don't notice it anymore. And the first couple of times they hope would come over, or even like when my mom would come to visit, my mom's like, how do you sleep? Because there's, there's just noise all night long. I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't even notice it. I also sleep through anything. But. So this to me is like kind of normal. Ricky might fall asleep halfway through this interview. Yeah, this, yeah. this is Worcester right here, you yeah. know? I mean, we had a night where the Boy Scouts slept over in the outfield. They really? Get to, they get to pitch tents out here and they camp out in the outfield. And the worst part of the night is all of these parents that don't understand they'll be sleeping right next to a highway and they hear the air brakes from the Mack trucks all night. Yeah. It's the worst. Yep. Yeah. But we get to play wiffle ball, and that's the tops. There you go. That's, I mean, that's cool. How many kids can say they've camped out on a baseball field? Not many, you know. Yeah. How many do you, do you guys like normally get? For a sleepover in one night, probably like 120 Holy kids. mackerel. But we, they line the outfield, and we also have to make sure that we don't schedule the sprinklers overnight, because <laughs> that could cause problems. <laughs> You just gotta figure out which kid's being a bastard. You yeah. schedule the sprinklers. Oh, just right area. in front of that tent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. 
should have ate your dinner, Timmy. <laughs> That's I, awesome. Dave, I give you a lot of credit for drinking that seltzer. Ricky and I, like we said many times, we don't drink seltzer on the show because it makes us burp. Well, you know, I'm pretty lucky because I don't have the ability to burp. What? I don't know if I'm lucky or cursed, but I will drink this and I have no ability to burp, which means that I have to limit myself to one carbonated beverage per four-hour time period. What'll happen? Does it like mess your stomach up? Oh yeah, sure. It. I get bloated. Ah. But ever since I was a young child, I have no idea how to burp. Everyone says just, you know, just put a little bit of pressure on the backside of your throat and you'll be fine. I don't know how to do it. Really? That's interesting. I think it's because my epiglottis does not function properly. Okay. Ah. But who knew? Can I ask a very personal question? Can yeah, pass, go. Can you pass gas out the other side? Sure. Right, yeah. So you got farts sure. all day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. However, the burping thing, the burping gene did not pass down to me. And I bet... <laughs> And I'm not the only person that has no, sure, There's sure people online. I've gone to message boards for support. <laughs> They're all bloated people. I, I feel this like is, there's somebody that's told me this before. And, bloated like, and grumpy.com. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? But I can't remember who it was. I, I get hiccups bad, though. Bad, yeah, bad, bad. That's, that's the problem. You know, if you have a couple of ginger ales... Or polar seltzer stirring at one hour. Yeah. Or even in like, you know, I said every four hours. If I had three carbonated beverages in like an hour and a half, it's going to start to uh, hiccup, you know, bubble up. And when you get the hiccups, that's just a bad time. Yeah. It ruins your night. Oh, you can't talk. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. Everyone's laughing at you. Nope. I used to get them really bad when I was younger. And uh, I, so I would get them, but they would annoy my one of my best friends, Mark where he would get mad, but then I would start laughing. Yeah. So it would just be me oh, for like, the yeah, for like 25 minutes, like this mixture of like, I can't breathe because they're either laughing or hiccuping at the same time. Yep, 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 yep. Wildly uncomfortable. So that's so, fascinating. So well, there's one, one fact about Peterman that probably no one knew before yeah. this. You heard it here first. <laughs> Chewing up my words. Kids would be coming in like making signs, like. Burp for me, Peterman. But yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's oh. just a little tidbit of uh, the Peterman that nobody knows. Another tidbit that people don't know about me is that I used to be a DJ on a hip-hop and R&B radio station. What radio station? Well, I went to school at Syracuse University, and I originally went there because I wanted to do sports broadcasting, and, you know, here I am in sports. But I got to tell you, the people that do sports broadcasting, generally speaking, are not good people. Okay. Now, I hate to stereotype, but the people that were in my classes at Syracuse University, they just wanted to kind of impress you with stats and, oh, you know, so-and-so's got a $10 million contract and he's definitely not $3 million better than this player. And I just got so sick and tired of it. So I transferred out of sports broadcasting and I went into music, music radio. That's awesome. So my major was television, radio, and film. Okay. So I did some film projects as, as well. And, you know, obviously this is before podcasting was a thing. I graduated, I'm going to be 40 this year. So I graduated in 2002 from Syracuse University. It was before Facebook was a thing. Sure. Um, but I did have Instant Messenger. Oh, oh AOL. Wait, 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 wait. I've always wanted to do this on the, episode, on the episode, and I made a note once, and I forget every single time. You're going to be the first one. What was your AIM screen name? Remember what your first AOL Instant Messenger screen name was? Yes, it was Suddy18. S-U-D-D-Y-1-8. Why, why I got Suddy? it when I was 18. 
And Suddy was a term given to me in high school by all of the uh, cool girls. I wasn't really a cool guy in high school. I don't know if that's... Sam. Yes. <laughs> still, still not. Still not. Okay. <laughs> These girls, I'd walk down the uh, hallway in high school and they'd be hanging around their lockers and they would talk in this dialect where at the end of every sentence they'd say, or something. We're going to go to the mall after, after school or something. <laughs> so they started saying the word or something so fast that it sounded like or sudden, or sudden. We're gonna go to the mall after school or Sunday. So one day I'm just walking down the hallway and I go, hey, are you girls gonna go to the mall after school today or Suddy? And they didn't understand what I was saying. So they named me Suddy, S-U-D-D-Y. That was my nickname in high school and it stuck. So I made it my AOL Instant Messenger screen name, even though it was certainly, uh, I was a nerd and it was really the whitest thing they had ever heard anyone say. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. But I mean, Suddy could also be like your squeaky clean, like, you know, a nice clean cut guy. Or... Correct. Ah. I was on the golf team in high school. I wore collared shirts every day. I drove my mother's uh, station wagon with fake wood on the side. You remember the Woody wagon? Oh, that yeah. was my car. That's awesome. Uh, I was kind of, it was smarty. You, you know, fly I as hell. I'm not seeing yeah. the downside to any of this. And uh, the good thing, I kind of walked with a hunch. So people thought I was a narc. Like I was, they thought I was 45 years old. <laughs> and I just went to my 20th reunion last year and everyone else looks like hell. And they looked at me and they're like, you look just like you did in high school. And I said, that's the best thing about driving a Woody wagon when you're a senior in high school. Look at me now. That's awesome. You're all balding, you're fat and old, and I'm walking in with a full head of hair huh? and dimples. There you go. <laughs> nice and you can spend and I work for a baseball team. Yeah. I mean, is this what you wanted to be doing with your life? Like end up working for the baseball team? I know you said you wanted to get into sports radio. How'd you end up here? Yeah, I always was uh, interested in broadcasting, particularly uh, when I was in, when I was a young tyke. I had cassettes. Did you ever have cassettes? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, cassette, yeah. yeah. I used to record from the radio all the time. Yeah. Um, I would listen to Kiss 108. That was my number one station. Um, I interned for Kiss 108 for Billy Costa um, 19 years ago now. It was That's awesome. 2000. It was like the first year of Survivor. Oh wow. And I was a news intern um, that summer, and I kind of helped with getting. Uh, clips for his entertainment report. He was like the first guy in the industry to do it. So I was really interested in sports radio. As I told you, I kind of transferred into music radio and worked for the music radio station, which was a hip hop and R&B radio station at Syracuse University. What brought me to Worcester was I got a job with WXLO 104.5 as a promotions director. So my first job was in music radio and when baseball came here to the city in 2005, when this stadium was built, they needed some crazy guy to run around the field and throw t-shirts into the stands. Yeah. And they had seen me do that kind of thing on live remotes for the radio station, so they hired me. And I was Peterman, I was this guy that wore a funny jacket and I entertained the kids and I emceed the pieting contest and uh, that was that. That's awesome. So and then, that was for the tornadoes at that That's point? right, yeah, the tornadoes, rest in peace. Yeah. 
great times, great times with the tornadoes. I worked for the tornadoes from 2005 until 2010, part-time. Uh, in 2007, actually, when I was working for the radio station, I got hired full-time for the tornadoes as the director of sales. Okay. Because I was selling radio commercials on WXLO, and they hired me to sell all the sponsorship for the baseball team. And that's kind of what taught me how to do sales, sell all the outfield billboards in this stadium, all the on-field promotions. And then, you know, I went into advertising for a few years. The Tornadoes went out of business. And when the Creedons brought baseball back to the city with the Bravehearts, they hired me as a general manager in 2013. Awesome. And I haven't been fired yet. <laughs> but there's always tomorrow. You never know. <laughs> I, I doubt it, though. I mean, you guys are bringing a lot of energy back to the city. I mean, I haven't come off of this season for a game, but I always make sure to make it out, like, past a few summers. I usually go to, like, one or two a season. Because, one, it's so reasonably priced, so yeah. there's really no excuse. You always get a decent game of baseball. There's not a bad seat in this state, in this ballpark. I don't yeah. want to use the S word. Oh, <laughs> the S word. I know. Seltzer. Yeah, hey, look at who brought uh, the S word today. Boom. Uh, but yeah, so like, I don't know, it's, it's super fun. And I was as we were walking down, I was telling Ricky, it has been like a, like a low-key dream of mine to have some type of organization of my own up on one of these billboards. Like, growing up, we, uh, we were near the Britain Rockcats, and I worked for oh, yeah. a large format printer, and we did all their printing for their billboards. And I've always imagined, like, what would a Hunchback Graphics billboard or now a Seltzer Time billboard look like? And we'll get there. Or, like, maybe we, we sponsor one of the, the little kid activities where they have to run the bases and chug a Seltzer on the third base and then run back. And then you can have the loudest Oh, burp. let's do it. We just got to make it happen. Yeah, see, I don't know how any of that stuff happens. Well, sometimes it happens overnight. Like, I come in here late at night and I cover up the Pepsi sign that's in the outfield. Hopefully there's no one from Pepsi uh, <laughs> listening. <laughs> But we could just cover it up with seltzer time, and then everyone shows up to the ballpark the next day, and they say, "Look at this! They've made it, big time. <laughs> they've, they've outbid Pepsi." Who did those knuckleheads convince? Yeah, right. How about that? <laughs> you know, we'll get that. We'll get that. But the fun thing about a minor league style of baseball is that you can come up with ridiculous ideas and execute them. Yeah. Stuff that you're not gonna find in digital advertising, stuff that you probably won't hear on the radio, but you can push the envelope in sports. Yeah. Uh, just like the Railers do with their promotions. Any good minor league sports team comes up with stuff that either is makes the Guinness Book of World Records, makes national news, um, or just kind of makes people laugh. I mean, we have a cemetery that sponsors us. Okay, wait, and really? you're saying, wait, wait a minute, you got a cemetery that's a sponsor? Well, cemeteries are businesses, right? Okay, and at some point in our lives, everyone needs the services of yeah, a cemetery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's so fair. our parking in this facility, this uh, ballpark, is sponsored by a cemetery. And when people drive in, they get a coupon that says, they're, they're thinking that they have to pay for parking. All the parking is paid for. So they're, they roll down the window, they're about to hand some money to our parking attendants. Instead, they get a coupon that says, tonight's parking is courtesy of Worcester County Memorial Park. Please consider us for your final parking spot. <laughs> that's genius. That's a, good. That's There's a sign in right field right there that says, for your final parking spot. I can yeah. see it from here. And Worcester. that's a cemetery. That is awesome. And uh, people get this and they don't know how to react. 
they kind of giggle, and at first they're happy because they don't have to pay for parking. Then they look at it and they say, oh, oh, oh. But they can fill out the little coupon on the bottom, put it in the box at the front gate when they arrive, and they could also win gift cards to uh, the Bravehearts and other local businesses. So for a cemetery, which has a very difficult time marketing because everyone's thinking about death. Yeah, yeah. nobody. The knows. only time you're going to see a cemetery advertising is when you're reading the obituaries in the newspaper. Exactly. They can be associated with something active and lively and fun here so that when people do need that service, they Fresh remember, hey, I saw you at the Bravehearts, you paid for my parking, let's give it a roll. Let's just find our so final smart. parking spot. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Like that's that's brilliant. brilliant. I never, ever, ever thought about, I mean, obviously, but I never thought about cemetery marketing, and that's genius. There's so many companies out there that just don't market because you never think about it. Like, yeah. you work for a, a, you know, you got a printing company. Printing companies typically don't market a whole bunch because the business comes right into them. But yeah. we do work We do work with some really fun companies and we make it a funny experience. Like, we have Osterman Propane, Osterman Gas, that butterfly that's now yeah, this, is part of, this is a wonderful treat wow look at if that butterfly lands on the microphone I we are blessed I was just going to say I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm gonna cue this up just in case uh, it does but we have Osterman Gas that uh, we buy all of our propane from them and we they sponsor a uh, promotion called Who's Got Gas <laughs> so we go through the stands looking for someone who has a gas grill, a propane grill. And the announcer goes, all right, it's time to find out who's got gas. And typically what'll happen is we got, you know, some 42 year old woman will stand up and say, my husband's got gas right here. And we'll go over and give him the grill kit. That's you know? so, so awesome. We can push the envelope with some of this stuff and people will have a fun time. It's still a family experience. Well, yeah. that's exactly You guys have the families come in and I think that's what you're doing so well is like the in-between inning stuff is where all the kids, I see them, their attention now glued to the field because they're seeing a giant washing machine run from second Oh yeah. Yep, yeah. We have one promotion. In the sixth inning, we let every kid in the ballpark run across the outfield. Yeah, I was here last year for a couple of games and I, it blew my mind. I'm like, how do you guys manage to do that? You just let them in on one side, they run to the next one? And exactly. It's I mean, because let's face it, who really wants to watch baseball? Me. I, would, I would rather. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'll admit. You're I, not I, wrong, I, There's so many people that I like can't it. watch it on TV. I find really? it very hard. I find it so difficult. I had a game. I love being at a game. My old man, he loves baseball. Yeah. He can go to, he can watch any single game. He can literally watch anything. I need to be there or I'd rather listen to it. All right. Yeah. It's... Listen, uh, baseball is a charming sport. It's America's pastime. People do like baseball. I love watching baseball. I prefer to watch it in person than on television. Everyone knows the problems with baseball. Yeah. It moves too slow. The games start too late. And as a kid, if you're playing in right field in your eight-year-old Little League game, you might stand in right field for two hours and never have a ball hit to you. Right. Whereas you play soccer, you're running around chasing this ball around the field the entire duration of the game. Yeah. Basketball is the same way. Hockey's the same. Hockey's way. the same. Yeah. Hockey requires a lot of money to play because there's so much equipment and you yeah. can't get ice time until like six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Yep. But that even costs money. Exactly. So baseball is a sport where, unfortunately, it's leaving the urban area. And we've had conversations about this with people who are in the industry. Um, 
baseball is just not accessible to inner city youths anymore. It's going out to the suburbs because there's not enough. There's not enough money. There's not enough volunteers. You know, sure. there's not enough uh, parents that are coaching the kids. Um, and then there's just not enough interest from kids to play baseball yeah. because, like I said earlier, the baseball games are on too late. And they last three and a half hours. No kid is going to sit down and watch a baseball game for three and a half hours. No, not at all. But if baseball can figure out ways to speed up the game and make it more exciting to kids, that will bring it back into the inner city, the urban environment that it grew from. Right now, there's many towns around Worcester that are doing great with Little League numbers. Auburn and Rutland and Shrewsbury and we go to these parades in April and May and there's just kids everywhere. Worcester used to have 11 little leagues. We are now down to nine and there have been talks to even bring all those nine leagues together and consolidate them into five or six leagues just because the number of kids playing baseball keeps going down every year. That's interesting. So I did hear a report on NPR recently that said that the number of kids playing baseball has gone up comparatively, and the number of people, number of kids playing football, and that's a big one. Oh, hey, number of kids playing football in other contact sports because of stuff like CTE and the the parents being concerned, they're going down. So there's a new wave of kids interested in baseball. But I think you're right. Now is the time. Is how do you make it a little more interesting to watch? Playing baseball is fun. Yeah. So I, like growing up, like, I mean, I basically grew up watching baseball the second half of the 90s and into the early part of the 2000s is where I fell in love with baseball. Um, But there were also, like, superstars playing the game. You know, you had the the Sosa and the McGuire and the Jeter and, like, all those guys. So, like, obviously, like, that's a whole different conversation with, like, the steroid era. Yep. But it was super exciting, and it was all over national news and TV, and you knew these guys forever you know they're almost superstars outside of baseball nowadays like you don't get that like i feel like mlb just doesn't market their superstars at all which i think is kind of contributing to kids not knowing who they are yep i mean obviously we know who mookie Betts is but then you listen to a national talk and it's only about like you know trout or they'll mention team specific they never really talk about players which i just feel is kind of weird like if they kind of changed their way of marketing and and really brought like you know kind of going back to picking like one main guy from each team and just mark the heck out of them i feel like kids will have somebody to connect to well that's why the nba is so successful with younger audiences because they do a phenomenal job at marketing their talent and you know nobody i mean yes people care about the teams but really like are you a fan of LeBron James or are you a fan of the Cleveland Cavaliers or the Los Angeles Lakers or the Miami Heat or whoever he's currently playing for? Like These people follow LeBron James to whatever team he's playing for and then they just become a fan of the Los Angeles Lakers. And the NBA, that's why the NBA does a great job at drawing that younger audience. Um, baseball needs to get back to that, I think. Major League Baseball has taken steps in the last few years with their play ball initiative so that they can curb that number, that that trend of less kids from the inner city actually participating in baseball. So that that number is turning around, which is great. We have to see that happen here in Worcester. I think think that Worcester, I haven't seen it happen here yet. And there's a lot of smaller leagues in this city 
that are struggling for players and they're struggling for money and they're struggling for, for parents that will volunteer. And there's also strong leagues. Jesse Burkett, Joe Schwartz, uh, always very strong leagues. And then you look at leagues uh, like uh, Tom Ash Little League, which folded into uh, Lou Gehrig Little League uh, last year, which is the Vernon Hill area. Okay. You've got Connie Mack Little League, which plays out of Green Hill Park. Their numbers have been going down. And then you've got this whole uh, controversy with uh, Joe DiMaggio Little League, which plays right, basically just off of downtown, right next to the church. Uh, and they've been talking about right next to Mount Carmel, yeah. and then they have this discussion about they're just gonna, you know, level the field, and that means that there's nowhere for these kids to play anymore. So, there's a lot going on in the city with uh, youths in baseball and softball, for that matter, because Worcester has always been known as a wonderful city for girls softball, and they've hosted the regionals here. Sure. It's just a matter of making sure that these numbers continue to grow. Yeah. I want to see more incidents of kids just getting together unorganized, on their own volition, and doing like the Hey Arnold, play baseball in the streets. Oh yeah. Like, that's something I wish I could ever just participate in. Yeah. Like, my buddies would have a pickup game of hockey, but that was few and far between. Same. Baseball is becoming an expensive sport, too. Yeah, it never it. was. You needed a ball and a bat, and yeah. you could go out and play, even if you didn't have gloves, you know? Right. But because of the addition of these AAU teams and these traveling teams, if you want to get noticed, all the parents want their kids to get noticed by colleges, all right? let's We got to get you a full scholarship for baseball to this college. We got to get you noticed by baseball scouts. This is what's going to pay for your college. And in order to do that, you got to join these AAU teams. That's thousands of dollars every year. And typically there aren't scholarships for that type of thing. And these kids might be playing AAU baseball from the age of eight all the way up through 16, just throwing money at this dream, Yeah, you know? And so it's becoming a sport where, again, it's, it's, it's for the people who have the money that they can invest in it and the time that they can travel to a tournament in New Jersey so that their kids can be seen by, you know, 25 scouts or college recruiters, you know? So, and and, you know, I think that one of the things that I'm always aware of is I love baseball, but I also know, I always like to talk to people about where I see that baseball is currently and where it can improve. And I do think that the younger audience needs to be more involved in the game of baseball. Uh, and the stuff they're seeing on TV needs to be more exciting. They need to speed up the game. Yeah, I totally agree. It's, I mean, looking at it being like, I, I don't want them to, I mean, I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I In my car, I almost never listen to music. I only listen to either sports talk or yeah. a podcast. Um, so listening to like the to the sports hub guys talk about baseball and every day it's like something new. They have like some crazy idea. And people call in. They want to have you know after the sixth inning you automatically start with man on second. Like there's always these crazy ideas. Yep. And at first you're like no, like don't touch baseball. Just like let baseball be baseball. Then you look at it from like a trying to keep people interested and stuff like that. You know, I wouldn't go that far, but definitely, you know, a pitch clock or speeding up the game. Pitch so clocks are being used in minor league baseball now, and it really? seems to be helping. Is it? Are you guys using it? We're not using a pitch clock, but I tell you what we do do in this league, which is uh, very radical. Uh, we break ties with a home run derby. 
Do you really? really? Yeah. That's, That's exciting. So after 10 innings, if the game is still tied, because of course one of the things about baseball is unlike basketball or hockey and football where it's a timed period, you just keep playing until the tie is broken. Yeah. And you could have 18 innings or 19 innings. So after 10 innings, if the game is still tied, we have a home run derby. That's and we just end it. Awesome. <laughs> so you get three minutes. Each team picks their top three home run hitters. And we have a clock. And it counts down from three minutes. And you can call timeout twice. And you can replace your hitter, bring in a new guy. And after three minutes, whichever team has hit the most home runs wins. And That's it's so electric cool. because the crowd gets into it. Oh, it's like your shootout at the end of the hockey game. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. like an NCAA, yeah, it's NHL really? shootout. Yeah. Um, and it's not, cool. it's going to take a while for the pure baseball thoroughbreds to accept that because they don't want a game to be decided by a home run derby. We don't use those rules in the playoffs. No, exactly. But in a college summer league like this is, where you can have fun, you can be a little bit more whimsical. Yeah, sure. I love to use that word, whimsical. It's a good word. Uh, you can do it. And, you know, let's get the guys home. You, know, you still got to get on a bus and drive back to Pittsfield. Yeah. And you don't want to get these guys home at 2 o'clock in the morning, so exactly. let's just end it. Get them home. They're going to play again tomorrow anyway, right? Right. That's so awesome. So, home run derby. Get ready. Yeah. It. It's happening. That's, Has anybody hit... Sorry. Go ahead. Has anybody hit a home run onto 290? Yes. Zach Tower, uh, one of the best home run hitters that has ever played for in our league. He's a kid that's from Auburn. Um, so uh, everybody knew who he was. Yeah, what a name. What yeah. a name for that a home run yeah. hitter. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's he so hit one right on top of the highway. Uh, I think we're coming up on the four-year anniversary of that. That's oh. so awesome. Cheers I'll drink to that. To that. Yeah, Let's yeah, drink the four-year anniversary of him hitting it on top of 290, and he hit one of the trucks that yeah, landed truck. on a lumber truck, and it just kept going. That's so awesome. I hope that lumber guy had no idea he got to his he location. He found it. At, I'm sure he found it among all the, the uh, lumber. How did this baseball get? <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. So, uh, yes, it has happened. It's a part of this stadium's uh, lore. Uh, that has happened in the past. Jose Canseco, when he played for the Tornadoes, he hit one on top of 290 in really? batting practice. Uh, <laughs> in batting let's practice. Let's qualify. Okay, that counts. I, I saw one game that he played. He got a single. And I, I think we... Was it late in the game? It might have been late in the game because I don't think we stayed for the end. I forget why. But yeah, we did. We, we got to go see him play at least. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Down the street and he got a single. And I was like, that's cool. I, I never saw Exactly. Him yeah. So it was fun, you know, and that's the kind of stuff you might see at a Bravehearts game. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Have you guys had anybody else who's played in the uh, majors play for the Bravehearts? Yeah, so uh, our first Major League Baseball player to come through the uh, Bravehearts happened this year. Um, and as you know, it's a college league. So yeah. we have on our team are a bunch of players from Holy Cross, Assumption. We've had kids from WPI. And then if you start branching out, Boston College, Northeastern, University of Connecticut, we put an emphasis on New England schools because a lot of times kids in the Northeast don't get a chance to play baseball just because there's snow on the field up until mid-April. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so our first Major League Baseball player happened this year, about a month ago. He was a Northeastern student. His name is Aaron Savali. He was drafted by the Cleveland Indians, and he made his Major League debut on June 22nd. Wow. And our front office found out about it on June 21st. We happened to be out playing some songs on the jukebox and having a few 
seltzers <laughs> at Herbie's. Oh, I don't know if you've ever been there, you know. Uh, the seltzers there are very cold. The very, really nice uh, seltzers. And all of a sudden, I get an alert that the Cleveland Indians are going to have this kid named Aaron Savali start the game for them on Saturday. And this is Friday night around 7 o'clock. The game on Saturday is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So we had a couple of seltzers at Herbie's, and then I looked at the front office, I said, we should go to Cleveland tomorrow. Road trip. And we should watch him. And so I started looking at flights, and all the flights were $300, $400, and I said, I'm not gonna spend that. It's just not worth it, you know, we have five people. So they said, we're just gonna drive, let's do it. So we met at this ballpark, right at this very location, at four o'clock in the morning on Saturday, Ooh. June 22nd. I drove in my Toyota Highlander with five guys from the front office, and we got to Cleveland by like 1.30 in the afternoon. We, we got great time going. That's, it. That's, a good, that's a good time. Went yeah. to the game, had a couple of polar seltzers in Cleveland, stopped it. having seltzers, because of course I can't burp, at like seven o'clock, had dinner, got back in my car at 11 p.m. and drove home. Really? We never stayed a. overnight. That's awesome. We got home at eight, just before eight o'clock in the morning here. 28 hours all in. Holy it was an God. epic road trip. We saw the first Braveheart in the big leagues and he pitched six innings and didn't give up a run. Hell That's yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it was well worth it. I, you know, we took turns driving, so I fell asleep in the back and at 5.30 in the morning on the New York State Thruway right outside of Schenectady, we pull over on the side of the road and we hit the rumble strip and I, and I perk up. I said, what's going on? We got a flat tire? Why are we pulling over? And the kid that's in the front said, "I we're pulling over because I had to pull over. I said, what? Uh -oh. what? And I look out the back window and it's a New York State trooper. Oh. And he comes up to the car and says, uh, gentlemen, where are you coming from? <laughs> and the kid tells a story about how we worked for a baseball team in Worcester. We drove to Cleveland to see our first Major League Baseball player. Luckily, he was a nice guy. He says, all right, well, you know what? You were going a little fast. I clocked you at 106. <laughs> Just a little fast. <laughs> at 5.30 in the morning, there's nobody on the New York State Thruway. You yeah. basically set your own speed limit. And the speed limit on June 23rd at 5.30 a.m. was 106 miles an hour. <laughs> and luckily, the state police officer, a very nice man, probably only 25 years old, decided to give us a ticket for 75 miles an hour because that's what we slowed down to after he came out behind us. Oh. But at 106, he would have lost his license. Yeah. 75 miles an hour, you take it and you say thank you and you run with it and you pay the $100 fine. Yeah, so you pay the infraction. You know? Oh, Oof. crazy. So if he didn't wow. stop, you guys would be back by seven. But because <laughs> exactly, we got stopped. We would have been, it would have been incredible time. Yeah. But. Um, that's just the kind of stuff that makes baseball so fun, you know, sure. road trip, you know? Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Driving to Cleveland. Awesome. So that actually brings up a great question. When you guys play out, is it a bus? Everybody, all players hop on a bus and... Yes. Yep. Um, uh, every team in this league wants to make sure that the players that come in have a great experience. So we're responsible for housing the players. We're responsible for feeding the players after the game. And we're responsible for providing transportation for them when they're going to their games. So we do uh, get buses, and then sometimes we even have fan buses that go to the games. Worcester fans are awesome. They travel well. Yeah. Um, same goes for the Railers, you know. We see a lot of the same fans that go to the hockey games, that come to our games, and bus trips 
always work well for the railers and they work well for us. We could pack uh, a bus every weekend if we wanted to. And I, we're gonna do a, a bus trip to uh, Brockton coming up on Sunday, cause you know, it's that tropical paradise on the east coast of Massachusetts. <laughs> sexy, sexy Brockton. Sounds nice. Yeah. Yeah, we like to call it the Shitty Cities Tour. <laughs> oh, don't tell my sister. Listen, that. that was the first one. That wasn't us. Sorry, yes. that's me. It's me. Me. I'm sorry. He's in Seltzer City's Tour. I'm sorry. That's the, you can beep that out. But we're going to Brockton, and we're going to take the tour bus, and it's going to be a fun time. Because they awesome. have a beautiful stadium, too. Do they? Yeah. Brockton rocks? Is that that's right. Okay. Everyone thinks team? Cleveland rocks, but Brockton. It's actually Brockton. Rocks. Brockton rocks. Yeah. That's so. Cool. We're going on that tour on Sunday, and that's actually the last regular season game so of the summer. So you guys are coming to the end. So. Already? And then we'll have playoffs. Yeah, because we have college kids, and they have oh, to go back okay. to school, you know? I mean, um, that's what the weirdest thing about this league is. You work so hard. You put in 18-hour days for 11 weeks, 12 weeks out of the year, and then all of a sudden it just ends. And you say, now what? Yeah. Now it's nine months before our next baseball game. It seems like the longest it's like it's an eternity that's and that's crazy. why in the off season we have to come up with other events to engage with the community i was gonna say is, like is, so what's the off season look like like what's your daily schedule for an off season day we do a lot with the schools particularly the worcester public schools we do a reading program where yeah. kids can earn a free ticket for reading 10 books in a month heck yeah it's a program i'm going to mention the railers again because we work very closely with the railers it's a program called ticket to read.net we bought TicketToRead.net. It belongs nice. to us. Uh, the net is for the hockey. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, there you go. TicketToRead.net. Check it out. You can enter in the 10 books that you've read in this month. It comes to my email as soon as I get a verification that you have read those books, which is basically you checking the box at the bottom of the form. <laughs> we'll send you a free ticket. That's cool. So it's only for students. It's for students. But you guys could probably partake. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I probably well, have a reading level of a... High school students. So. Yeah. Yeah, our listeners are probably going to sit there and look through the 10 books around them. and Ticket2read.net. <laughs> put it in. We'll send you a free ticket. It's a letter from Jake the Lion. Ah. So that's what we do in the schools. Um, we have a cool program with the Little Leagues where we sponsor Little League teams. Any Little League team that wants to change their name to the Bravehearts, you know, maybe you're playing for the Yankees or the Orioles. If you change your name to the Bravehearts, you get free uniforms. And we'll just send you free uniforms. That's awesome. And then we also do a program with senior citizens, which is really cool because we have a pen pal club and we match up sixth and seventh grade students with senior citizens at local senior centers, including the Worcester Senior Center and the Willows and Goddard uh, House, which is down on uh, South Main Street and Webster Square, really. And they write letters to each other every month throughout the off season. So we have all these journals. We bring them to the sixth grade classroom. They write a letter. We take the journals. We take it over to the senior citizens. They get the letter from their pen pal. They read it. They write a letter back. And we do this every month in the off season up until June. And then in June, we do a field trip day where all the senior citizens and kids meet each other for this first time under the tent and we serve them free lunch. So it's called that our pen pal club. So that's, I mean, that has nothing to do with baseball and it's fantastic. It's well, just, and that's the thing, like we have to do these types of things, these types of things in the off season to remain relevant and to be engaged in the community. And that's exactly it. It feels like you guys just give a shit, give a shit about the community and that's why you're doing it. And that's super cool. That's so, and there's more we can do, you know, there's other programs that we are looking at. Um, 
just you know kind of like like powwow you're you're bringing joy and you're bringing value uh you're bringing programming and you're bringing a legacy a lasting legacy to uh, inner city inner city neighborhoods and you're you're changing the way the kids look at their day-to-day lives and if we can do some of that with a baseball team that doesn't even play in the month of january then i feel like we're being relevant and that there's a reason for us to continue to be in this city, you know? I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. I mean, if anything, you guys are just making sure that you're relevant from here on out. Yeah. Through 2020 when things get a little different. Oh, when things get a little different. A little different. I I don't know. I didn't know how how sensitive. I I know there's there's issue on it. Oh, oh, that's all right. I'm going to support the Bravehearts first. One, you guys were here first. I think what you guys are doing is, is too good. And I don't think they need as much, as weird as something, they don't need as much help. Like, they have real money behind them. This well, is more it. grassroots. They don't have this Jake that's, that's No, the they don't, but Jake I mean, Mike. like, uh, first of all, it's great for the city. And it's going to uh, bring a lot of active, vibrant nightlife to a part of the city that right now has nothing. Um, so that's wonderful. And also, I hope that we can work together on some of these programs because if you get the marketing power of the Red Sox behind a senior citizen pen pal program, for example, or a reading program, you know, if we're touching 6,000 students in the community now that are part of this reading program, what could that become if we get a Red Sox marketing engine behind it? We could reach almost all of central Massachusetts thousands upon thousands of students taking part in this reading initiative and there are there are other programs that we can put together that I'd love to partner with them on be great um, one of the things that we just launched last January because of the growth of sport majors uh, sport management careers when you think of Becker College and UMass Amherst and Anna Maria and Assumption they all have these business programs geared towards sport management, we do a job fair uh, and we program it. We do it at Worcester State. We bring in speakers from the sports industry and it's a full day of breakout sessions where students, college students, can hear from people in the industry about how to get a job in the industry. So there's another event that I'd love to partner with the Red Sox on because of their uh, marketing power and the connections that they have to bring in speakers like you know Sam Kennedy from the Red Sox, Larry Lucchino to be there to talk to students about how to get a job in the industry. Yeah, sure. So there's just so much more that we can do. Everyone looks at this, they're shocked when I say I still work in September. You know, like, hey, you work fully, you work year round for this, like yeah. uh, the Bravehearts. I said, oh yeah, it's probably harder, like you know, longer days in September than it is. We I mean, sometimes, you know, I mean, park, but we, we, you know, we're not worrying about things like pulling a tarp. Yeah. And picking up trash, yeah. which is what we take pride in, picking up the trash. <laughs> but that's when we do our advanced planning for all the off-season activities. And uh, there's so much more that we can do uh, in this city. No, see, I like that mentality, too, because I, too, think there's room for both organizations to be here. And, like, hopefully it just infuses it in Worcester with a new refound interest in baseball yeah. and in local sports and coming out and supporting your own team and like that thing I don't know I hope I hope that works in conjunction with some of that earlier stuff we were talking about about getting kids excited about the game again and like seeing themselves even have potential playing this sport or wanting to be out and getting a baseball in the yeah. back oh yeah That's oh cool. yeah yep speaking of baseball city 
Right? right. Why not? Yeah, and you know, let's look at baseball not just on the sports side. Let's look at it on the entertainment side, which is really where we succeed. Yeah. Because I said earlier, not everybody likes baseball. No. But I know that there are people who come to our ballpark that don't like baseball, but they're coming for a fun night out with the family to do things like play mini golf because yeah. we have a mini golf. Uh, yeah, we got a mini golf course underneath the stands. Do you really? We can what? play after the podcast if you That's want. That's so good. Cool. Don't yeah. use that name well, a good see, time. That's I mean, awesome. this is what we do here at the Bravehearts. That's so cool. You know, we let the kids camp in the outfield and play mini golf under yeah. the stands, you know? So you come out to the ballpark, maybe you do watch the game, maybe you watch a few innings, maybe you're here for the fireworks shows and running across the outfield and yeah. the ice cream sundae parties and meeting your pen pal and things like that, you know? I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do at a ballpark that don't involve baseball. Yeah. yeah. I got to do, so the week before the uh, like the jersey reveal for the Coney Island Table Talk mm-hmm. battle, the epic battle of 2018. Yes. Um, that was like one of the most fun times I've ever had in Worcester. It was like the month leading up to that. Yeah. Because it was like, I was team hot dog. My friend Caitlin, who works at Hayless Talk, she runs the pie store. Oh yeah, sure. So she was obviously team pie. And before she hit me up to be like, hey, can you help me like push this? Kathy from Coney Island texts me. She's like, can you help me push this? And yeah. I was like, yeah, of course. And then yeah. it just instantly put Caitlin and I against each other. Oh yeah. And it was it was obviously a super like friendly 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 rivalry. Yep. Um but Kathy was able to get me on the field wearing the jersey, and I did like a dizzy bat thing. And, like, oh yeah, it that's was awesome! So much you fun. Did the dizzy bat race. And I nice. like would barely talk for like the month leading up to it. Oh yeah, it was like me taking pictures of people like, with hot dogs. Like it was yep. awesome. The Che and Amy. So we need to come yeah, up with yeah. another one, you know? Um, in, like pies and dogs. People think of tables like pies and Coney Island hot dogs, but. You know, Coney Island is the defending champ. So, like, the next piece of this is, what do we do next year? And I've thought about other things that Worcester is famous for, like the Valentine. Yeah. Do we do, you know, the just call it the the Hearts or the Nebco or something? Oh yeah, exactly the the, the Nesco. Uh, oh yeah, the, the little New England Valentine. There. Oh no, like, Nebco is New England Valentine company. Oh, New that England Valentine. Yeah, okay. That was the name of the company that she started. Nevco. Esther Holland started. Yep. Uh, so we do that. Um, someone told me that barbed wire was invented so in Worcester. It's not necessarily in North barbed wire. Right? Yeah, it, they so. I thought so too, and then I went to Mr. Historical. It's they figured out the system to extrude the wire to then turn it into barbed wire, but it wasn't barbed wire itself. Ah, that's a shame because we could have so much fun with barbed wire at the ballpark. Right? The Coe's the Coe's wrench though is like the monkey wrench. The it was a really? Coe's wrench, yeah. So the monkey wrench originated here in Worcester, and it was really a carriage wrench that the guy Coe's kind of redeveloped and turned it into what we now know as the monkey wrench. I like to say without Worcester, then Dave Grohl can never have written. You'll Correct. <laughs> That's right. So if right. we did a monkey wrench night next year, like that is something that yeah. people in Worcester would wrap their arms around. Probably. Because oh, yeah. we've done a Spags night, and I, I gave you guys a Spags bobblehead that's oh, currently sitting This will actually be at every single time we were. <laughs> I think it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, he's going to hang out. My uh, grandma worked at Spags. Your like, grandmother worked at Spags? Yeah, I didn't know that until like two years ago. I didn't realize, I mean, I've been, when I was a little kid, I remember going to Spags constantly with my mom. The first CD that I ever bought with my own money, I bought at the little, what was it, like the schoolhouse or whatever? Yeah, right, yeah. of course, yeah. Bought it up there. I remember getting like hockey sticks at the little sports store. Like, 
Spaxel is like this major part of everybody's life growing up here. Um, and then I found out my grandma had worked there, like when my mom and my aunts were super, super, super young. Um, and yeah, just had like nothing but the best stuff to say about Spags. It was it's just like a cool thing to find out so late in life. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, and that's the kind of things that we try to do. We we try to celebrate the not only the things that are still here, but the things that Worcester's known for that came out of this city. Like this obviously was the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Yeah. And we did a um, Space Night t-shirt that looks like a space suit. Yeah, I saw those you know? t-shirts. And those were super cool. Uh, we worked with uh, Lauren at Technicopia to get involved in what was going on downtown as well. Um, and one, once again, like that's nothing, it doesn't even involve baseball. Yeah. I have a 14 foot uh, space shuttle that is currently on the concourse that we brought in for space night. It's a replica of a space shuttle and it's still up there. We can take a picture in front of it if you want. Oh, please. But now I gotta oh, figure out where to put it because space night is over. Yeah. And it just kind of sits here and it's like, we have all this stuff that we just accumulate that we then put out on the concourse <laughs> and it becomes a museum. That's awesome. You know, like. We had a perfect game night here because the first perfect game was pitched in Worcester and I work with Bill Wallace at the Hus Historical Museum quite a bit. Smiley face night, Candlepin bowling night. So we just need some more ideas and if barbed wire is it, then so be it. It works. All right, fine, monkey wrench. All right, you, monkey guys, wrench you guys were out there on the, on that Saturday at the 20th. I was out in there too. Oh yeah. That was a hot day to be outside. Right? It was a hot day, yeah. It yeah. was fantastic. Like congrats to everybody that pulled that off. and with Clark University and WPI and all the cool stuff that happened all around the city. But downtown with Ecoterium and you guys and the Stomp Rockets, I felt bad for anybody that was out there on the Comet. It was like 100 plus degrees. Yeah, right. No I was kidding. there early and it was It was tough. That was a tough day. But we had fun and I'd rather have it like that than raining. Because if it's raining, you can't play baseball. Yeah. You know? True. But we can pull the tarp. That's what I'll invite you two to help with next time. Pull, Pull the tarp. tarp. Oh, I'll do it. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. If you want, you can also do a tarp slide. I was going to say, because that's exactly what will happen, is I'll fall and it'll just slide across yeah. like some kind of hot-ass penguin. 1,000% do a tarp slide. Yep. It's just like a giant flipping slide. Yeah. It's like a piece of saran wrap that covers a, I suppose it's 3,600 square feet, because it would be, no, it's more than that. It'd be 90 times 90 because it's 90 feet, so it's 8,100 square feet. That's, yeah, nine times 90. It's 8,100 8, square feet uh, of saran wrap, and we had to push it out there. Oh. <laughs> oh. Well, that's why it takes, what, seven people, eight people, you see them, they roll it out? Oh, big time. It, may, it takes 10 people. 10. There yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, didn't want to over exaggerate, but yeah, I could see yeah. it. It's, it's, it's honestly one of the best team building activities that we do with our staff and interns. Because everyone needs to work together to push the tarp. Right, it has to be even, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you guys ever had one of those incidents? Like I've seen a bunch of online videos of like the one guy who falls and then gets trapped under Oh the yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and the rule <laughs> is if you're pulling the tarp, you need to be responsible for the person to your left and right. So if that person, rips and get swallowed up by the tarp you're as the person directly next to the person that just got swallowed up you're the one that needs to yell you're the one that needs to stop the tarp and uh yeah it has happened a couple of times no serious injuries usually it just involves um someone getting real wet and muddy and then and <laughs> having a good laugh about it but if you don't do it right yeah someone could get injured so uh. 
we don't talk about that around here. No. The only injuries we have around here is when I'm too bloated from not being able to burp. There you go. And I'm getting to that point way right to, now. Way to bring it back. <laughs> All right, so before we dip into the last little bit of our show, is there anything else you want to bring up about the Bravehearts or about baseball? Anything else you want to touch on? I think that it's just important to know that the Bravehearts are going to be here Hell for yeah. the foreseeable future. I mean, we have... I can't say enough about the people that support this baseball team. Last week, we broke the attendance record at this ballpark. We had 5,554 people in a 3,000-seat ballpark. Whoa. And it was standing room only, and we parked people on the Holy Cross uh, football field. Well, the, not, not yeah, the practice field, behind the football field. There was a line of traffic. I had people telling me that we had backed up Southbridge Street past Polar Beverages because people couldn't even get off the exit because there were so many people coming in here for that Friday night fireworks show. UMass uh, Medical Center bought 2,300 of the 3,000 tickets that night and had a huge company outing. That's awesome. It was Veterans Night, so we had 500 veterans get in for free, plus their families were here. And just to see this place just packed to the brim with fans of what is fun in Worcester really makes you say, well, I guess, that, you know, this is what we're doing is, is worth it. And, yeah. and that's why we love being here in Worcester. We're going to continue to do what we're doing and we're going to keep adding to it. And the way that we look at this, the way we approach it is much like a good TV show. When, I don't know if you ever watched, you know, Breaking Bad, for example, but I uh, have not seen Breaking Bad. Well, so Game of Thrones, perhaps. I've you never know, seen like, that you either. didn't see that one. I'm either. like the worst this, TV person. This is the worst. This is the worst podcast ever. I, I can't believe you I'm said on. it. <laughs> but I'm every so season, you know, the season finale, and you hit the season finale, and it's like everything just ends, and then you say, "All right, what's going to happen next season?" Because it's nine months before the TV show starts up again. And that TV show always brings it to the next level with a new storyline, new characters, new plot, new conflicts. Not that we're a fan of conflicts. But, but, but like, if you look at the baseball team like that, how do we bring this to the next level next year? And there's so much we can do. So many talented people in this community. And, you know, I'm going to engage with... Um, somebody like Sean Conley and say, all right, you're an improv guy, you're a stand-up yeah. comic, what can we do to make this an even funnier experience here at the ballpark, you know? I'm sure Sean and Brian have huh? ideas. <laughs> they are funny dudes. Yeah. Um, I know you guys are sitting in like fourth place right now. You still looking good for the, the playoffs? Like? Yes. Yep. So we'll be in the playoffs. Uh, the playoffs run for one week, basically from August... Mm, 5th through the 12th and if we are lucky and fortunate then we'll be in the championship for the 6th consecutive year we've been in the championship series every single year that we've been here That's so awesome. if we we'll see I mean you never know we could get we could get bounced in the first round but we've been fortunate enough to be in the championship series to be playing for a title every single year we've been here that's awesome what but it's it time like to win being, one again. Yeah. You know? Like, come on. What was it like being co-champs? Is that a weird experience? Oh, it's the worst. It's like kissing your sister. <laughs> <laughs> not that I've ever done that. I don't know what you're talking about. But, you know, it's <laughs> unfortunate because when you end in a tie, there's no joy of victory, nor is there an agony of defeat. Yeah. And even if we had lost in the series, there would have been this feeling of 
Wow. I mean, we got right to the edge of it, like the Boston Bruins did this year. Yeah. You know, they got right to the end. That Game seven, Stanley Cup. Hurts. It still hurts, but that is what <laughs> so sports is all about. Sports yeah. is about closure. Sports yeah. is about, this is where I dedicate my life. I wear my team colors. Sometimes I'm the highest of highs and sometimes the lowest of lows. And it just never happened last year. It was the most, it was the strangest thing ever so that you weird. just end in a tie. And there was no closure and the and the kids went back to their colleges. And it was a wonderful season, but we didn't buy championship rings because I'm not about to, if you're from the Boston or Worcester area, you're not gonna celebrate a tie for the championship. Not after this run of championships that we have had yeah. in this city, in this uh, region since 2001, yeah. right? So no, we didn't get championship rings. Yeah. I'm not spending money on that for a tie, no. come on. What Ridiculous. Was, was it uh, was yeah. it the Colts or something a couple years ago that had the somebody put up a banner? It wasn't a, a they didn't win a championship at all. I think they like won the division. Not even I think it was the division. They won something. Oh yeah, right. Wasn't it a division? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, division championship. Yeah, yeah you know what? Celebrate the division last. championship. They had a big banner yeah, thing, yeah. and everybody was like, "Are you guys kidding me?" Yeah. Like you. You don't do that. The Cleveland Browns had a parade uh, for just winning a game. Yeah. That's I mean, that's funny. Like, that's a thing that, like, they've been so bad for so long that's like, all right, like, that's kind of a cool thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that, but, yeah, you've heard that joke where the guy dies and he says, my last will and testament, I want the Cleveland Browns to put me in the ground because I want to be let down by them one last time. <laughs> oh, your final parking spot. That's awesome. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's great. That's, that's great, awesome. great, great. All right. Is it about that time? About that time. So it's post. Take us away, Solon. When you hit them with those stones, ow! Gotta slap them with those pokes, oh yeah! Stokes and pokes. Alright, Stokes and pokes. You good? Let's do it. Thank you, Solon. Alright, I guess I'll start Thank us off sorry. this time because I have a story to tell. Last, uh, last week, week before, I'm sitting in my living room because it was way too hot, so I'm standing right in front of the fan, and the dogs, we have, we have two dogs, and they're losing their mind out the window, which is not uncommon. Uh, the dogs have agreed that nothing's allowed to exist and they're going to bark at everything that comes even remotely close. Um, so I stand up to look out the nothing's window like I normally do. Yeah, nothing's allowed to exist. Um, and there's a, a young woman, I say girl, I, I imagine she's probably like 12, 13, so truly girl, um, walking her small brown chihuahua type dog around the neighborhood. And this dog is now in front of my house. She's, she has it and it's in full squat mode. And I'm staring at it like, okay, I'm okay with it. I have two dogs. I get they like to go on grass. I get it. But then she starts walking away. And I'm like, what? And she looks at me. We lock eyes. And so I throw open the window. And I'm like, hey, pick it up. And then she starts running. And I go, yo, get it back and pick it up. And for the rest of the day, I was losing my mind. And I keep going back and I'm trying to see where she ran. And I could see the turd still on the front yard. And I'm like, I'm going to I'm gonna put it in a bag. And I'm going to leave it on her doorstep. And, ah! So I didn't do any of that. But my poke is, if you're going to walk your dog around the city, pick up the turds. Bring a bag. They give us way too many plastic bags. So before they take all those away, let's let's use the ones we have and yeah. pick up what we have. All right. It's, ah, it drives me up a wall. Because could you imagine, like, just defecating and yourself defecating anywhere and just leaving it there? I know. Anyway, am I too mad about this? No. Okay. 
Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I was stoked about something and I lost it. <laughs> is it the hat? It is this awesome hot dog hat. <laughs> these are fantastic. Uh, these are super cool. I'm actually going to the movies with Caitlin tonight from Table Talk, and I am wearing this hat. Just, I might even wear the jersey too, just to act. Oh, that's It's been a great, while since I've rubbed it in your face, so. <laughs> I think it's the phrasing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well, well. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Um, I'm mostly stoked on powwow. We're 18 days out, and I'm neck deep in preparing all this stuff. I'm sorry if you haven't seen me around the city, because I've been kind of keeping a low profile. Uh, as everybody knows, I'm a designer, so all my stuff has to be in by this week, so that it has enough time to print and all that fun stuff. So I'm in passport hell. There you go. But oh, they yeah. will be out before the festival. Nice. All right. Dave, you got some stokes and pokes? Sure, sure. Uh... I'm stoked about the first rooftop bar in the city, which I believe is coming to your neighborhood because you said you live on Shrewsbury Street. It is. And for years, you know, my friends and I have always said, what does the city of Worcester need? Uh, And a rooftop bar is it. Yeah. And so Pepe's, I believe, is going to be uh, putting this on on Shrewsbury Street. And... You've already, like, some of my favorite experiences all ever having a seltzer at a bar is, you know, the baseball tavern in Boston across yeah. from Fenway. Um, and I mentioned the Cleveland trip earlier. You know, we went to a place called the Punchbowl Social in Cleveland, which is a, uh, almost like it's Jillian's on steroids. Okay. Jillian's doesn't okay. exist anymore, but... Yeah. You know, um, they've got a bowling alley. Uh, what, what's there? Gotcha. There's yeah. still the one in Boston, right? The big one? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and they had a rooftop bar in Cleveland that we went to. It was right across from the football stadium. So you can see into the football stadium. You can see the lake. And we're like, you know, we need this in Worcester. And so, yeah, I'm stoked that there's gonna that's going to happen yeah. here so in this fine city. Right next to the little scholar, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We'll be able to see your apartment. Right into you it. You probably... You won't be able to see into it because I'm on that same side of the street, but you probably could see my apartment from the rooftop of where it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Be they, they have a fun time, yeah. you know? And then Pokes. Uh, I'm going to get in trouble for this, I think. Uh, but I don't know if you guys have noticed all of the road construction that's currently going on in the city. Yep. <laughs> I've noticed. And then let me tell you, like... Not only is it construction going on on main roads, it's going on on dead-end streets. Now, my office, the Brave Arts office, is on a dead-end street, off of Grafton Street. We're physically behind the Stop and Shop Plaza. Okay. Uh, right across from Friendlies. Sure. That's where the Braveheart's office is. We don't have really? office here at Holy Cross. Correct. Huh. So, I was just at that Friendlies today. <laughs> it's a well, nice spot. Yeah. How about the Fribble? Uh, huh? It's Fribble season. It is very much so Fribble. So, like, you know, every morning I come to work down this dead-end street, and there is a detail police officer right next to uh, what's, you know, a, a public works project. They're digging up a street that has no traffic on it, and there's a guy looking at his phone... And I'm like sitting there waiting to go and the cop is not paying attention to it. And so I know I'm going to get in trouble with the uh, Worcester police for this one. The but best part about that, I so I don't know if it's the same cop there every day, <laughs> but when I went to Friendly's, I'm almost 100% sure the cop was one of my best friends growing up. <laughs> I meant to text him. 
but I was like, I don't want to, because I don't want to be like, yeah, what's up? And like yell at the window, because obviously he's working and I don't want to bug him. But I'm, even my mom, we walked, I went with my mom, we walked out of friendlies and I was like, I think that's, I don't want to say his name because I don't want to get in trouble. She was like, yeah. I'm almost 100% sure that's yeah, him. Right, I had to text right. him the other day. So, I'll give him help. So, the only reason I poke it is help. because, look, if you're going to be on a detail, uh, all I want is for you to pay attention so I don't have to sit there with my blinker on for longer than five seconds, yeah. ready to take a turn down a one, I mean, a, a dead end street. You know what I'm saying? I agree. That's all I have to say about that. I'll get a letter in the mail and that 106 mile an hour speeding ticket will yeah. now take effect. <laughs> yeah, be reinstated. It's true. Yeah, right? That's that's given that if any Worcester police actually listen to this show, so we'll find out. We do know a dispatcher who does. We do know a dispatcher who does. Oh so, no! It's okay. She's been on the show. That's <laughs> terrible. That's not good at all. Could be worse. But if I'm gonna poke something, I gotta poke something. Hey, that makes and it we're being honest about it. it. Yeah, I mean, we love the Worcester it's police. Public They're wonderful. Oh, people. we love the Worcester police. Yeah. Oh great. How you doing? There you go. <laughs> Holy Cross Maintenance is coming through right now. Right. Don't poke them. No. <laughs> They'll break one of our pipes or something like that, you know? Right. All right. Take uh, us home, Ricky. All right. So my silk and poke are related. Um, my poke is to whoever broke into Axagrind last week. I don't know if you heard about this. No. So Axagrind, some of our buddies, uh, barbershop over at Shoesbury yeah. Street, Mike and Justin flew out last Saturday, I think. They went to, um, they're part of like the Southeast Asia Coalition. Coalition. They're going to do some charity work with them for three weeks. In Thailand, and Singapore. Yeah, and there's somewhere else. They're, they're kind of all over the place down there, giving haircuts and getting, helping these kids. Teaching know, about hygiene. Yeah, take care of themselves and stuff. And like the day after they left, somebody broke into their barbershop, took a bunch of product, took a bunch of scissors, you know, a bunch of their tools and stuff. Um, took the checkbook, started yeah, cashing No, checks. Took that's checkbook. terrible. Yeah, it was kind of, and it all kind of happened over the same, like, two-day period. Uh, Justin also is on his way home because he broke his collarbone, like, two days ago. Yeah. They've had a horrible This has not been the best trip. No. Um, so my poke is on whoever did that. Like, that's... Get, get better. Like, yeah. shit. These dudes are giving themselves to the world, and now you're just taken, you scumlord. Exactly. Yep. It's just... Yep. It's, and I hope that by cashing those checks, you did yourself in, you friggin' dummy. Yeah. Because now you're on camera somewhere if you're cashing checks. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but my stoke is, like, the next day, uh, the barbershop community got together. Like, people from Boston, people from Philly, people from all over the place got together, uh, our buddy um, Zach got, had everybody Venmo and money and then brought that to Axagrad. Wow. Gave it to Nick down there and like had everybody's name on it. Nick was unbelievably appreciative. But it was cool watching that entire community come together. Yeah. You know, Worcester Barbers, just a little bit of everybody. Um, Dudes you'd think would be in competition with one another. Just yeah, right, right. Yeah. There's enough hair to go around for everybody, so let's support each other. Exactly, yeah. talking to them about you know, some newer barbershops that pop up. Uh, they're like, guys, there's, there's plenty of hair. Like, and everybody's on the same page. They just want to see everybody succeed. They go to each other for cuts. It was just, it was really cool watching it happen. Um, and then I know Valentino's did a night for them on Friday. That's awesome. I know Railers Tavern is doing something this Thursday for like to help raise some money to help these guys get some of their stuff back. 
but yeah so yeah it was just cool like watching that community get back together and it was really really cool so stoked on that i'm sitting here staring at mike and I, was, I was gonna Justin. say like i've got their their stickers oh, yeah, on my that. water bottle like <laughs> yeah they're good yeah. dudes so sorry it happened to you homies hope you had to see if travel's back yeah right but if anybody can prevail it'd be those guys for sure so yeah that's it this has been a fun one. But, uh, if you want people to find you on the internet, how would they find you, Dave? Oh, that's a site that I can't talk about. Okay. <laughs> oh, the Bravehearts. The that's, Bravehearts. That's yeah, I mean. yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah the Bravehearts. It's uh, WorcesterBravehearts.com. And don't forget about TicketToRead.net. Yeah, the nets for those. The for nets hockey. are for the hockey goals. And so right. put those books in there and you get a free ticket. We'll just mail it out. And you get a letter from Jake the Lion. That's awesome. Does it come with a free <laughs> high five? Because I like high fives. Oh, high definitely. Five. You come to this ballpark, we'll high five you right at that front gate. Oh. oh, I meant to ask you, how many, so I've seen a Bravehearts tattoo on somebody while I was here. How many Bravehearts tattoos do you know of in existence? Eight. Eight? Really? Yep. That's so so awesome. uh, there's eight people now who have taken the challenge, which means they have a free season ticket for life. That's so cool. Uh, because they got a Bravehearts tattoo. Ah. Um, and we do that with Zaza Inc. over in West Boylston. Yeah. And it's a real fun promotion because, once again, like, there, you do stuff in minor league baseball that you just, like, you never see anywhere else. Yeah. You know? Um, That's rad. So, That's yeah, you get a Bravehearts tattoo and you get a free season ticket for life. That's awesome. Yeah, I was here one night, uh, I think it was last season, there was a guy with one leg on his calf, back of his leg, and I was oh, like, Oh, yeah. He was the first one. Really? He just happened to be standing right in front of us. I think we were meeting up with Naomi's sister and her fiance. So we're like hanging out up on the like the conquest area, and he like was standing there talking to somebody. And I'm like, "Am I seeing? Is that real?" It was amazing. Was cool if you see, if you look at our Twitter handle, which is at Woo Baseball, okay. Um, over the weekend, one of our big fans got so stoked about our winning streak that he is now on Twitter, on the record, is saying that he will get a Bravehearts tattoo if the Bravehearts win the championship this year. All right. So that's something to play for right there. Because yes. he currently, he's a season ticket holder, but he pays for his ticket. That's if he so gets the tattoo, he doesn't have to pay for his ticket anymore, you know? That's perfect. I made a bet when the Bruins won the cup that I would get a Bruins tattoo. I currently have one, but out of the four of us who, who, made, who were in agreement to get a tattoo, I was the only one who didn't get the tattoo when they won because I was going to a wedding in California and they were like, well, you don't want to get it in the sun. So, and I was leaving like literally the day after we were gonna get these tattoos. So I was like, I'll get it when we get back. Fast forward seven years, this past September, I finally got a Bruins tattoo. Wow. And they made it to the cup finals. Incredible. All the way to game seven. And I was like, that's it. I was, I just, I should have got a tattoo when yep. I said I would. They would have won a bunch more. They You're holding them back, Ricky. I was holding them back. I didn't mean it, but hey. So you brought up Woo Baseball. You, you guys the same thing on Instagram, at Woo Baseball? That's correct. Perfect. Oh. Instagram, a lot of pictures. Yeah. That's all I know about Instagram. Yeah. Every now and then, I took a picture of you too, and I texted it to you, so maybe we'll put that <laughs> up on Instagram. Nice. Oh, it'll go. Awesome. Perfect. Yep. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for coming on, and thanks for all you're doing for the city. Yeah. It's awesome that you guys are here and, you know, being ingrained and actually giving back and not just trying to take and that's awesome we'll have some fun yeah. it shows. we'll have some fun in the off season that's yeah. for certain Brave Hearts are a year long season you right. got that right it's perfect and get they, ready and they have a better name than anything the Red Sox have come up with up to this point so. I love it yeah Brave Hearts is such a cool name that compared is, to the who thought of the name the Worcester Worcesters <laughs> yeah the Worcester Worcesters <laughs> not not good who thought of the Brave Hearts name uh, it's a gentleman 
by the name of Kevin Hunt, who is the COO uh, or the CFO of the sole proprietor uh, okay. and, and that restaurant group, um, Worcester Restaurant Group. And it was an online contest and every, we had over a thousand different ideas. Wow. And we put up the top five for an online vote. Bravehearts, Brave being in honor of the Worcester Six primarily, and there's a firefighter night we have coming up to honor them um, as well. I mean, it's now really the Worcester Eight. Uh, on yeah. Saturday night, August 3rd, we'll be doing the firefighter jersey. Heart is because Worcester is the heart of the Commonwealth. So there you go, Brave Hearts. That won the online vote. And, and I had several people who were unfamiliar with that Ask me why we named it after the Mel Gibson movie, which is not the case. Although Sorry. we may wear kilts at one game next year, so Stop. we might. I, if I can convince the team to do it, we're doing. I want to see your pitcher come out with a half blue face and just like stare down his batters. That would be that would be frightening. Kilts at a baseball game. Put it on the list. Done. I have to figure out how to do it. I, I have to convince sorry for those these boys people. For sliding in the second. Yeah, they probably there's oh, no sliding sorry. that game. No yeah. sliding. No. No sliding. Housers. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. Well, I've been Travis. You could find me on Instagram and social media at, at Hunchback Travis. I've been Ricky. You can find me at DickChuck77 and obviously Seltzer Time Official. Thank you guys once again for coming for listening to us, and uh, we'll be back next week with more cool stuff and yeah. cool people and Worcester stories. It's true. Sorry for partying. The Seltzer Time Podcast is a co-production of Seltzer Time Official and TV Productions. Our intro music is Maple Boy by No Trigger. Our outro music is By the Salt Request. To find past episodes, search for Seltzer Time Official wherever you find podcasts. If you can't find us, let us know by sliding into our DMs on Instagram at Seltzer Time Official, and we'll get it fixed. Thanks for listening. See you next week.